Welcome to episode 97 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Uh, Todd Weider and Peter Jones are here. The whole family is here in our pre-UK. Well, it's not the pre-UK episode since we'll already be there when this thing drops on Friday. True. So I don't even know what to call it. It's the episode 97. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> thanks to Rhonda and the folks at RNM Management. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. And I cannot speak today. You can find us on Twitter at ABG Cheese, like 1,577 of you have already done. You can find us on the internet at www.abgcheese.com. I have to say this, if you follow us on Twitter, which you probably do if you're listening, <laughs> I retweeted out Marshawn Lynch and his commentating about a play in the Denver uh, Las Vegas game. Go, 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 <laughs> go look at it I didn't, I didn't and listen that. to it. It's Marshawn Lynch is, I don't, I don't want to call my spirit animal, but <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> I do know when you go and listen to it, and watch it on our Twitter feed. I kind of know why coaches and teams were a little bit apprehensive about bringing Marshawn Lynch into their whole mix. He is so fucking ghetto. (laughs) He just is. Go watch it. He says the N-word about 97 times in a minute and a half. It's, It's spectacular. And he called Russell Wilson, Corny Wilson. I, I damn near peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Corny Wilson goes back to pass and I lost it. Like <laughs> He had me hooked right there. Anyway. <laughs> Does he actually have a gig? I don't know. Like I, just like spot entertainment or something. I don't know what it is. Go look at it. and see. It might just be him like voiceover because they have right. like the ESPN like sound some when they always really? when they do those things oh. oh it's classic it's perfect all right anyway peter it's episode 97 it's the kenny clark episode no it could be it could be but it isn't for for, for me it's tim harris it will for a long time it will be tim harris although kenny clark likely to surpass some of the numbers that tim harris had at least in terms of longevity with the packers and and even perhaps Pro Bowl, those kind of things. But I think for people of our generation, Timmy Timmy Harris is that is that ninety-seven. And again, he's another one of those guys, and we've had quite a few of these guys that played in an era when the Packers weren't so great. You know, played for the Packers for for I guess just five seasons, eighty-six to ninety. Um, but fifty-five sacks in those in those five five. Um, you know, one of those seasons, nine, nine had 19 and a half sack. And he was an exceptional, exceptional pass rusher from, from the right side, right, right outside linebacker. And, um, you know, was one of the very few, I guess, really, really good players the Packers had in that, in that period of um, the late, the late 80 period. And, you know, went on to, was traded from the Packers to the 49ers for two second round picks um, in 91. And the, and the, and, um, the Packers had to send one of those second round picks back to the 49ers when they got Mike Holmgren. Um, Which they shouldn't have. I remember you telling us about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. Um, that, 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 absolutely. And um, 
but yeah, went on to win a Super Bowl um, with the, with the 49ers and I finished his career with 80 odd sacks and was inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame this year. Very, very deservedly. So, um, yeah. And like I say, I think when you look back on that period of time, kind of 86 to 90, not many Packers names jump off the page at you, but Sterling Sharp and Timmy Harris. Um, and I'm probably doing that that late 80s team an injustice because that linebacking crew was really good. Timmy Harris, one side, John Anderson towards the end of his career on the other side. Brian Noble, Brian Noble. Johnny Ho- Yeah, Brian Noble and Johnny Holland. Oh, yeah. On, on the inside. Know. And that's um, you know, a pretty strong force of linebackers in the three four. But Timmy Harris was that flashy guy. I remember the old six gun celebration for for every sack that he had. And and I have fifty-five in five seasons was pretty pretty damn good going. And um you know, that's the kind of production that we're likely to get from Rashan Gary over the over the coming seasons, isn't it, Todd? It is. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm assuming before we even get onto that, you might as well just jump in the Thames while you're here. And what's yeah. that? It's a river, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Actually, it's 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 illegal to jump in most parts of the Thames, but. Oh, we can find a spot. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of which, Rashawn Gary is leading Aiden Hutchinson 5-3 in the Todd jumps into a cold body of water challenge. So that's oh, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> Very Sweet. exciting. Not only for the Packers, but for everyone that listens to this show. Do I have to wear a Rashawn Gary jersey while I jump in? I feel like you should. Yeah. I will buy you one. If Rashawn Gary ends up and it looks good so far, he's been dominant regardless of what Hutchinson has done. And we'll talk about that, I guess, later on, but Gary has been awesome so far. Peter, who's on top of the average cheese pick'em? Well, I, I, I'd like to say, who is on top of the average cheese pick'em? You. <laughs> Peter is in the lead. And the average cheese pick'em, surprising to no one that you're there but yeah well done sir you and andy from nfl outdated are in first place the average cheese pick them i don't think i'm doing very well no you and i suck yeah and you didn't do it last like the last two weeks so maybe you could get back in the game you didn't bro you're 12 and 18 you've picked uh, 30 games and the rest of us have picked like 60 Oh, okay. Yeah, I should probably participate. You should, since it's literally our challenge. <laughs> it's it's a long it's a long season. Yeah, it is. Lot, I got a lot going on. But there's a you know what happens, Peter, is when you're ahead, you can then just pick what you think. You don't have to take chances, and I think that's probably why I won last year. When you get ahead, but you're not super far ahead. Everybody's very close, except for you know. J.G. Leahy and I are tied for seventh. Not even 500. Terrible. Is, is that, is that you, you're, you're like the Detroit Lions of the... Not even. <laughs> I don't have that much offensive firepower, apparently. But yeah, so congratulations so far, Peter. 
I will put that out on the Twitter as I did not have a chance to do that today. So you are in first place. We will be on a flight. Maybe I'll be on a flight with the Green Bay Packers leaving out of Chicago. The Packers are leaving on Thursday and arrive on Friday. And they fly private? Yeah, I'm sure they're not going to be sitting next to me on British Airways. No. I mean, maybe. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> like, I could sit next to, like, Matt LaFleur. I'd be like, dude, yeah. dude, hold on. I got to play yeah. this for you. <laughs> Give them this. my headphones. Just play our... <laughs> You're sitting, you're sitting there while you're editing the podcast, right? With Matt yeah. on one side of you. Yeah. yeah well, who would you? Who would you want? All right. So, <laughs> who would? If that were the case, who would you? If you had to pick anyone, who would you want us to be sitting next to? Who would I want to be sitting next to? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, although I might be crying during the the flight if I sat next to Razul Douglas, but I like shit talkers. So Razul Douglas, I think I would love to sit next to, but if he shit talked me for seven hours and 45 minutes, I would probably be, (laughs) I'd be in depression mode. I would love to sit next to Aaron Rodgers, honestly, as weird as he is, if we could have a conversation, I think he's very thoughtful about things, even though sometimes he's a fucking idiot, but I think he thinks about things and I wouldn't mind sitting next to Aaron Rodgers. What about you, Peter? Well, you're not fine, but if you were, <laughs> what a great question! What a great question that is. We should have done this one in advance. That's a great question. Yeah. Um, it'd probably be one of the coaches. Probably, probably Matt Lafleur. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mine's Jones. He's a super dude, right? That's yeah. neat. I, yeah. I think I'd I'd want to sit next to Jones. Be cool. scribbling on a napkin what do you think about this play matt yeah. <laughs> oh, i only yeah. got eight guys on this bucket thing but it's okay what do you think about that <laughs> murfdorf comes down the aisle and i stick my foot out <laughs> sorry bro sorry dude <laughs> if he's on my flight i will not do that i don't have the same <laughs> hatred that you do that level's a little bit lower yeah, so if they're on the flight, man, it's going to be crazy. I know they're not going to be. Of course, they'll fly privately. But to go back to the point, like, so, Peter, because you live in the UK, I mean, I don't know if you are privy to, like, how often teams fly in early and that kind of thing. Is it unusual for a team to yeah. fly in th- this late? It is. It is. I, I was reading that, that there was another team uh, – last year that flew in on the on the thursday and I, i've no idea what giants flying by the way they might be flying on the thursday i don't know i don't know but it's really unusual normally um in the past teams have flown in on the sunday night but, oh. so they've had their, they've had, played oh. their game played their game on the sunday so say they've played a noon game or whatever on the sunday they've flown out that night hmm. wow yeah they could be jet lag like a motherfucker on that thing i would think definitely it seems like a problem. Yeah. Guess we'll find out. So injury updates. Adrian Amos out with a concussion. I don't know if he'll be out for this game, but he was knocked out of the game real early against New England. I haven't heard anything now. That if he's in the protocol, isn't that pretty much uh I don't I don't know. 
that he's out yeah it depends right i mean i don't want to get into the whole tula thing because that's that's a show all on its own but i wonder if the nfl will be more cautious because of the backlash that they've gotten over the tua thing because clearly that dude wasn't right that was that was was scary ugly as an and scary of a moment as i've ever seen in the nfl and he didn't get i mean you'd know that he had a concussion the week before because of how he reacted exactly but he didn't even get bounced on his head that hard i mean you've seen a lot harder hits in the nfl and guys getting launched on their dome worse than what tua took so yeah he was clearly concussed the week before when you stumble that should be a clear indication that you probably aren't right in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Amos is out. Alexander is still questionable. Like you guys said, didn't play and shouldn't have played in this game. Didn't need to play. Nah. Caleb Jones is on the non-football injury list. I wonder if that's COVID. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Huh? Uh, Sammy Watkins forever on IR. Yeah. That's going to be... For the rest of the year, I, I, maybe not an IR. The rest, he's of just the a guy. I, I just don't. We're not going to see any production out of him. Yeah, and if we get it, we get it, right? If he do, it does well for a couple games, great. And if he doesn't, I think it was you that said it, Peter. He's like a million and a half dollars. Do your thing, Sammy. You know, win us a game, one game this year, and we'll take our. You know, that's worth a million and a half that we paid for you. Um. All right, let's get on to it. Packers 27, Patriots 24. (laughs) There's a lot of places to go here. Let's start with the good. So the good for you, Todd, on offense. Thoughts on offense? Mm, Geez, I I missed the entire first quarter. So I I missed the Christian Watson touchdown, but I did actually watch a replay of it. Um, But which is nice. Which is nice to to see, but um, yeah, Jones was like, you know, had a great game. I just, I feel like there's more that they need to do with him. I I, I just feel like they're with Jones. Back. Yeah, I, th- I feel like they're holding back a little bit too much with him when he is clearly the playmaker on on the team. So, but again, like you know, like it's. Had a super game, um, 110 yards and 16 carries is an excellent impressive. game. So, yeah, Peter, really, really impressed with him. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that I think the offense started and ended with Aaron Jones. So I'll just add to that. I thought um, AJ Dillon 73 yards on 17 carries, so m- more than four yards a carry. You can't grumble at that. Um, he hasn't yet had a breakout game this year, AJ AJ Dillon. Um, but I think when when those seventy three yards are complimented to somebody that's rushed for one hundred and ten yards, and and the team's rushing for the best part of two hundred yards, that's all good. Agreed. It was nice to see Alan Lazard step up in his game to catch. I, he had six of eight targets. I think he caught six of eight targets, one hundred and sixteen yards. <clears throat> I just think you need some production out of the wide receiver spot and you're getting it in Alan Lazard. I thought it was interesting. And I guess we could talk about this later, maybe, but I thought it was interesting. And I think smart that 
New England played man to man on Packer wide receivers. I thought that was smart because when you look at it on paper, it's Jones and Dylan. And you look, it's Lazard, Cobb, Christian Watson, Dobbs, Dobbs. None of those guys is, I would say, scare you enough into zone. And I thought it was wise for them to play man to man, but I thought Lazard played well in this game and they need him to be that guy. Not, he doesn't have to go over a hundred yards, but if he can catch six, seven balls every week, I think that's going to, that's very important for the Packer offense. And his contribution and blocking. Oh, he bitched someone. Did you yeah. see that? That was awesome. He just put his shoulder into dude and dude wanted to oh, come yeah, after yeah, him yeah, after yeah. the play. I remember that now. Yeah, that was great. Launched that dude. He just like nudged him with his shoulder and the guy went flying. That was pretty awesome. The guy got up like, oh, what are you doing? Like, dude, I just fucking mangled you. Go sit down somewhere. What else? Peter, anything else on offense? Well, I mean, I, I think you mentioned, Todd mentioned a Christian Watson touchdown, that kind of, I mean, we talked about this, I think in the, in the preseason when we saw some Watson film that it with the ball in his hands, it reminded of, of James Lofton, the early, early, early 80s. Now, we're not suggesting that he's anywhere near Lofton's level yet or anything like that, but just the way he ran with the ball in his hands, just, and, and, and that touchdown kind of reminded me of a couple of plays that Lofton had in eight, the 82, the strike season, run, running the football, running reverses then. Um, so, yeah, I, I think good for them to find a way to get the ball into Watson's hands safe ways to get the ball into Watson's hands, getting part of the offense, um, gradually build his confidence. So I thought, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good thing. Yeah, he proved it. He proved for sure on that play in particular, that he's going to win the foot race hands down. I mean, yeah. there was, if you look at the replay, there was about three defenders, three Patriots who had, a, I wouldn't say a clear shot, but were squared up and were, you know, he, Romeo Dobbs got, he didn't really throw a block. He got in the way of a guy, but um, one of those three, but man, he, he beat him to the corner. I mean, there was, as soon as he got to the sideline, there was just, and turned the corner. That was it. There wasn't much more room. He was already, you know, in the end zone by that time, but clearly he, he's going to win the foot race. He's a super. super. Sorry about that. I just saw uh, when I it's interesting that you bring up James Lofton because I saw probably on Twitter that Watson hit 20 miles an hour on that play and he didn't have anywhere to go. I mean, it was what, maybe an 11, 12 yard run at most. And the Lofton part of it is he didn't look like he was even in high gear. Oh no! He's just gliding like such natural. Like I don't have to really put a lot of effort into this speed. I'm just this fast. Yeah, yeah. I'm faster yeah. than you. Yeah, it's one. It's one of those things when you watch those plays, like like Todd said, it it, it looked like all of the defenders were in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we can tap into that more often, and find ways to, you know that that play in. in is was great but we have to find different more dynamic plays for him to to showcase that right rogers needs to start throwing him the football right they need to put him in a spot if it's a you know stick route whatever it is that you can use 
his gifts. He did go deep to him on that on the right sideline. Now, I, I think that was a bad throw. I, or it was a bad route or it was a bad route, but it looked, it looked like a bad throw to me. Somebody didn't one of the announcers say that he's supposed to fade that to the outside so that the safety can't come over the top and make a play on that ball. I mean, right. It's easy to say, but yeah. And, and that's a nuance that young guys aren't going to have right away. Nope. Like they, they're not looking, they're running the route that they're told to run. Run. Yep. Right. Not like, oh, if I bend this back to the outside a little bit, that's where Rogers is going to throw that football. I, right. But then Rogers missed another. And that that got me thinking back to Watson one where I was like, wait a minute. I think he's he's off like he's he's missed two. Speaking probably, of all, if you thought if you thought that you're probably glad you didn't see most of the first quarter then. Right. Because yeah. I, I didn't see any of the first quarter. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think that, well, I mean, statistically, you don't need the statistics, but statistically, it was the worst half of Roger's career, any, any half in his career. And it looked that way. The, the, yeah. The, what you saw what you saw on your TV matched what the statistics were telling you. So his passer rating was 11.1 or something in the first half. And that was only because he completed that very last pass of the first half for about eight yards, which took his passer rating from three to 11. <laughs> <laughs> Tripled his passer rating in one, in one pass as, as the clock ran out. I mean, I don't think, I don't think I've ever seen Rogers have a half as bad as that looked. Now, I'm sure that some of it would have been down to receivers perhaps not being where they should have been, not quite running the right routes and, and, and all of that. And I, and, I, and, I, and I get all that. So there'll be some, you know, some mitigating circumstances probably, but he looked terrible, absolutely yeah. awful that first half. Um, you know, I, I guess the plus side, second half was considerably better. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I just, ne I've never seen a half of football from, from you know, from, from Rogers like that. He just missed on a lot of passes, yep. like really and off. And missed bad. Yes. On, a, on, a, yeah. on a lot of passes so, so even you know and, and i you know you can argue it's a bad or an ugly play on Dobbs that that fumble early but even that when you look at that that was probably caused by the pass which was Could a be. really really bad pass that Dobbs had to reach low down to to um to catch and, it, and and the football was just left exposed to be knocked out um yeah yeah <laughs> What else? What else was bad, Todd, for you? Uh, where are we? Offense still? Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, yeah, that, on the topic of Dobbs, when he dropped, dropped the touchdown, um, th there was something in the game, I think it was, you know, the previous game where I saw him kind of like the way he runs with the football made me start to think, huh, that looks – like he doesn't have a full the ball fully secured. I almost said something in the last episode about it too, and I wish I had because I'd look brilliant right now. But <laughs> I didn't. <clears throat> and um, so yeah, he's just got to do a better job of hanging out to the football. I don't know. Right. I, that was a weird. It, it was. 
I don't know what the ruling was there because, of course, I was in a bar and I couldn't hear shit because they didn't even have the sound, the sound on. Um, but it looked like he was – like when the elbow came down, he had possession. But I guess there has to be a – is the rule that there has to be a football play? I don't know. I, I thought he – yes, it looked like a fumble, but, like, once the elbow went down, I was like, okay, he's down and he's got possession. Isn't that – I don't know. I don't, Peter, I'll refer to you as the Mike Ferreira of the Average Tees podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but my thoughts were exactly what you said, Todd. But because I thought the ground couldn't cause a fumble, but I guess the ground can cause an incompletion, right? I, I think that's where the, the yeah, difference I, is. Yeah, so, 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 so there's, there's kind of a simple, a simple way of looking at this, which, of what is really a complicated rule now. So... Obviously, you have to have you have to have two feet or a knee or a knee down, right? Um, but you have to have a third thing happen, and that third thing is typically another step, um, or action, right. or you go to the ground. If you go to the ground, which is the third, which can be the third thing, you have to maintain the football through the collision with the ground. So. In, in his instance, one, two feet ground. And, and so as soon as he hits the ground, that's the third thing. That's the inverted commas, the football move. And he has to maintain possession through that. Hmm. So, so it's whether that is what the rule should be, that's what the rule is. Um, I thought the third so, thing was because his elbow clearly came down. As he was going to the ground. Oh, And that's the issue. So, so if... If if it taken two steps and then another step and then gone to the ground, yeah, touchdown. It would, yeah, it would right. have been a touchdown. Right. It's right. it's that it's that going to the ground counts as that third thing that you have to have. In, in essence, the football move, and so you have to secure the football through that going to the ground. And for all the previous shitty throws that he threw in the first half, that was an unbelievable throw. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, yeah, that ball should have been caught. There, there's no. No reason that Dobbs shouldn't come down with that ball. The young guys have a lot to learn, right? And they have to get better because <laughs> you're playing with the best quarterback in the league. Those balls are going to be on your hands. You got to just secure that football. I was surprised yeah. LaFleur, LaFleur challenged it too. If I mean, don't they got guys up in the booth saying, hey, man, like he didn't catch it and on the headset saying, don't challenge that. We might need this timeout or whatever. I don't know. I was kind of surprised to see him challenge it though once – I mean, I felt as though, again, I couldn't hear what the fuck was going on, but. So you, so you, you just hit the nail on the head. It was that timeout, right? So, so A, it was, that was never going to be reversed, right? So, so that's a terrible challenge as far yep. as I'm. Yeah, yeah. From that perspective. Exactly. But doing it at that point in the game and losing that timeout when you'd already taken yeah. a timeout. Yep. That could have been the timeout that cost them the game. As it right. turned turned out, it did it 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 didn't because they were able to stop them on those three set on those three set. But but had New England got a first down, the Packers would never have got the ball back. And it was a uh, hated it, absolutely hated it as much for the loss of the timeout as for an unnecessary challenge. The, those timeouts, uh, John Madden used to say that he was the only one on his team that would take timeouts and he would never allow his quarterback 
whether this was true or not, this is what he said, <laughs> never allow his quarterbacks to take timeouts. I'd rather take the five-yard penalty every time because I can get the five yards back, but I'll never get the timeout back. Hmm. And in, in, in the Packers instance, they'd already taken one timeout, which just doubled the problem with, with that challenge for me. Yeah, I was confused on that. It was, it was a bad call. But, so here's a, th- here's, a, here's a thing that I think should be allowed. I think timeouts should carry over from one half to the next. So they have six timeouts in the second half? If, if you don't take them, carry them over. And we certainly do burn a lot of timeouts in the first <laughs> half. I think Aaron Rodgers is like, I, I have this timeout. I own this thing. <laughs> Mind you, if we probably were, if you were allowed six for the total game, we might take all six in the first half. We might. Imagine <laughs> how long a second half would take if you had six timeouts. The last two minutes of every game would be like four hours long. My, my, my thinking behind that, and I know we're going off, off subject here, my thinking behind that, you'd get a lot less quarterback kneels right at the end of the game because te- teams would have those timeouts to stop that happening if they so chose. Yeah, true. you could squeeze the end of the games, I guess. Absolutely could. Down. Interesting. <laughs> the, the last thing, Peter, you put this in the notes, the last, the Packers have turned the ball over seven times already in 2022 in four games now. That's, that's kind of crazy, right? Like, that's a huge number. The one thing that we could talk about in the past was the Packers don't turn the football over. I mean, most quarterbacks will throw, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw a ton of interceptions. So you, then you're thinking like, okay, our turnovers come in the way of fumbles, right? But Aaron, threw, he threw a, Todd texted me almost immediately after that pick <laughs> six. Like <laughs> his thumbs must have been burning on that text, like how fast yes, he texted were. me. That was yes, a terrible throw. And you already alluded to it, how bad Aaron Rodgers' first half was. But that's like a Zach Wilson pass. Oh, like, what are you even wow. doing there? That ball, if you watch it again, and I don't suggest you do, but if you watched it again, that wasn't even a good pass. Like, that pass was so far behind him, the only guy that was going to catch it was the defender on yeah, that he play. Yeah, he didn't, the defender didn't have to, like, catch up to it. No, it was, it was like I mean, right he was running stride. in full spr- stride because I, I don't know if it was to Dobbs. I can't remember who was supposed to be the receiver on that play, but it was behind him. Yeah, it was. It was. a Yeah. God, it was terrible. You can't turn the ball over and win. I mean, we're lucky to be three and one. Really? If you turn the ball over that many times, like, dang, that's no bueno. What else? Let's move on to defense. Yeah. Yeah. So your boy. Rashawn Gary was spectacular in this game. And I know you're warming to him. I'm not trying to make it sound like you don't like Rashawn Gary because you do. I do. Yeah. You're just being, you know. I just. You bet against him. I'm just being me. Have you you started to peel the letters off your Clay Matthews jersey? Who is now retired, by the way. Who is now retired. Yes, I already had it. started to peel those letters off. I already crawled in a corner and cried that out. You keep the jersey and the number, just peel the Matthews letters and just find yourself a G and an R and a Y from somewhere and you've got Yeah, and you're good. Good to go. It's not a bad idea. Cost effective yeah. for when yeah. I have to jump in the fucking frozen water. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Two sacks and seven tackles. He 
he played a complete game. That's a simple way to put it. He played a complete game in a game where the Packers couldn't stop the run. I thought he actually played the run better than I am used to seeing out of Rashawn Gary. Really good in this game. What else? Either one of you. What else? <laughs> I thought defensively it was a, it felt odd. Because um, it felt like the Patriots were racking up lots of yards on the ground, which they did. Um, but take away the pick six and the defense gave up 17 points, which is kind of the average. Um, but it just felt odd. And I guess part of that was because, you know, the Patriots were down to their third string quarterback early in that game. Um, you, you just felt like, you felt like we all felt like the Patriots were going to run that football on every down, which they pretty much did. We knew it was coming. They knew it was coming and they still couldn't stop it. And I think that was the, that was the worry about it. But on the plus side, it was a, it felt like one of those old style bend, but don't break defenses because it never really broke. And it did enough, had enough three and outs and did enough at the end of the game with that stop to put the Packers in position to, to get, to get the, the tie and then the win. So odd, odd defensive performance. Don't quite know how to categorize it. Uh, anything else? Rudy Ford thought he played well. Came in for Amos early in the game. He had uh, six tackles, zero completions, and a, and a pass breakout. So, Which is impressive from a guy that... Yeah, again, like, where are they finding team? these guys? The Rosal Douglases of the world. I think we've found another. So... Let's give Jerry Gray some credit, right? Yes. The position coach. Like Absolutely. If, if you're do, you're taking these guys, Rosal Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, Rudy Ford, and they're making plays off the shit heap, that's impressive. That's Absolutely. pretty nice. Yep. I just see, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the notes. The Packers' defense is ranked fifth overall. Yeah, that is astounding. That is astounding to me. Yeah, because I wouldn't say they're that good right now. Let's, which which leads to the bad. So the New England Patriots with quarterback number three, Bailey Zappi, who are you are a fan of? I would assume Peter, you love your draft guys. What the everybody in the stadium and watching that game had to know that New England was going to have to run the football more than they were going to throw the football, even if it would have been Brian Hoyer, it's still backup quarterback. You know that they're not going to just open the playbook for Brian Hoyer or Bailey Zappi and say, Yeah, we're do what you want out there, man. We'll, we'll figure it out. It made me absolutely mental that the Packers had like six and seven guys in the box against a team that wasn't going to throw the football. Like what? Now, Jonathan Ford was an inactive scratch, but in this game, it should have been like TJ Slayton on one end, Jonathan Ford on the nose and Kenny Clark on the other end. Like, you know, they're going to run the football stack the box and make the backup quarterback beat you with average at best wide receivers. That isn't you showing your hand for later on in the season 
That's just good football coaching. Stack the box with eight guys and make them beat you. I mean, Belichick did it to the, to the Packers by going man-to-man, like make an adjustment. You have the third-string quarterback in there. Do whatever it takes because he was clearly – Zappi was clearly not comfortable back there. They had to get him on the run to make him comfortable. So why we were playing such soft defense against the run for a team that had to run it, I just – I'm baffled by that. I agree. The, the run defense was horrible in this game it has it hasn't been good all all year in particular walker campbell and lowry had like really low pff grades against the run i mean really low so i don't know if it was the matchup or or what was going on or the scheme that they barry had them in but they all played poorly against the run in this game and it showed peter thoughts yeah yeah, and that's why the Packers ranked 22nd against against the run this year. And um, you know, we'll get onto the Giants game in a in a minute, the forthcoming game. But heck, you're going to have to stop the run against the Giants because they'll run that ball down your throat all day until you do stop them. Um, but yeah, it it's yeah, it's just it's just it's just strange. It just it does feel like bend bend and don't break right now. Uh, you know, the Packers have only got you know, just a one interception, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, through four games, the Jair interception um, a few weeks ago. Um, so it's not like they're coming up with huge turnover plays. Now, there was, you know, the fumble that this this week, but there isn't a whole bunch of huge turnover plays. But but I guess they're getting off, they're managing to get off the field on third down, I guess, quite a, quite a lot of the time, which is, I guess, the key the key to any defense is just how long can you continue that if, if you can't stop the run? When you look at Campbell and Walker, they're not run stuffers, right? They're long guys that can cover against the pass. They can run sideline to sideline, but if some guys running up the middle, Quay Walker, isn't the guy to stand in the hole and just mangle somebody. So I think there's something to that. But I feel like the Packers defensive line, which is something that we've complained about ad nauseum for in the first 97 episodes of this podcast, <laughs> isn't, shouldn't, they are as bad. The Packers defensive line has not been as good, but they should be better. Like the talent level I feel is better on the defensive line than is showing right now. But again, I don't know that Walker and Campbell are run stuffer type linebackers. What else? The ugly, we talked about a little bit. Bailey Zappi, a third-string quarterback in his first NFL action, shouldn't be able to beat you. Almost did. Almost. You know, I'm not a big Belichick guy, but I will say that he made an adjustment on the defensive side almost immediately. And then when the Packers defensively couldn't stop the run. He's like, okay, we'll just run it and run it and run it and run it yep. until you stop us. And honestly, why would it, why did they pass at all? I don't know how many dropbacks Zappy had, but the Packers had like five sacks in this game. Like, why would you even bother throwing it? Yeah. Just run, run it all four downs against the Packers until they stop you. I thought that that's what I would have done. Like, I'll just keep running it with these average dudes averaging almost five yards of carry. Every time they touch the football, strange. 
what else? Yeah, Amos being out is a problem. If Rudy Ford goes down and Tariq Carpenter has to play safety for the Packers, <laughs> oh man, there aren't enough quarters in my home. <laughs> He's an idiot. In, in circulation. Right, right. They'd have to start printing, <laughs> what do they call it? Minting more quarters <laughs> at the U.S. Mint just for me. Just for the average cheese. And for the second week in a row, Todd, there was a delay of game that did not get called. This one was brutal in this game. It drove me insane. Almost fell off the bar stool. (laughs) That one was obviously way. Yeah. I don't know how they met. Like, how do you, in this day and age of fucking technology, right? How in the fuck is that ever even missed? Ever? I mean, this is a game of inches. You got fucking instant replay. By the way, that's about three quarters. But how is this consistently missed? It's really a simple solution, right? Why isn't why don't they instant fucking replay that? It's obvious. What what if that's the decision maker on I don't know? a last minute fucking field goal and it's missed. Like, are they going to do a replay of that? No, no, the field goal is going to stand and the, that's it. I don't what, get it. I mean, how, how is that missed? And that one was, it was about two seconds past before that ball even fucking moved. And then Campbell got burned. Peter and maybe he got burned because he was he thought they were going to call it. I don't know, but Peter, any thoughts on that? <laughs> I don't know what you can add to that. It does. It football's a strange game, isn't it? When you've got all of this technology and you've got all of these cameras and you've got instant replay and you've got all of that stuff, and then you've got things like that happen, and yeah, and then you've got. And then you've got a couple of guys that wander out with chains to measure the 10 yards. When you think about it, that's just, it's just strange. It's odd. But, oh, yeah. Fucking chains, chain lengths are what yeah. are how we measure yeah. first downs. But yeah, they have all this high-speed technology and yeah. cameras fucking flying overhead and all these yeah. different zoom angles and shit. Yeah. And <laughs> they can't even get the fucking clock right. It is. You know what's funny about that? If you've been to any high school sporting event or any sporting event of any kind, what happens when the clock hits zero? A buzzer goes off. (laughs) Whistle, buzzer. A buzzer goes off. If I go to a high school wrestling match, at the end of a period, when it hits zero, a buzzer goes off. That technology has been around, I don't know, since like the 1900s? Like the early 1900s? Why couldn't they have it in that guy's headset? Why does he have to look down at the football, like look up at the clock, look down at the football, make sure it's snap, look back up to see? It's simple. He's sitting there watching the play. The buzzer goes off. The ball's not snapped. That's a delay of game. It, it's, I, can it you, baffles me that that's not a solution to this problem. Can you challenge that? You, it's no, not even no, challengeable. No. 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 It's not reviewable. It's not challengeable. So it's just, well, missed that one. 
the, the, the other thing the fuck is really, that? <laughs> the other thing that's really weird about that, and and I'm sure there's a good reason for this. I just don't know what it is. Is that the guy that that's like you say, he's he's looking up at the clock to see whether or not, that he's got to look back to see whether or not the ball's been snapped. Is the official that's furthest away from the ball? As right, the it's the back judge. He's, he's the furthest one away from the ball. Right. Who's got a safety, DBs, yeah, yeah. another line of fucking linebackers, yeah. and a defensive line in his way. So the peer yeah. through all of that shit. Not the the sideline no. judge. <laughs> that's a clear shot, a line of sight at, at the fucking ball. I mean, I, 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 I would just say Todd on his bar stool. Should be the should be the should be the judge of that. And if yes. if he's not if he's not fallen off his barstool by the time the ball's snapped, it's fair. <laughs> it's right? a good play. <laughs> I, just, oh. I don't want to go on this too long, but the other thing that's funny about that is if you watch the replay, like the TV replay of it, it took him so long to snap the ball that the the forty second clock recycled itself <laughs> and started to go down again. Ah, so therefore, so therefore, so therefore, it wasn't at all zeros by the time it was. It was at like thirty-eight. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It, it it took them that long that the clock had reset itself, and that remember they had that like two guys standing in the middle of the field, like like pump up the clock. I think the guy think that thought that someone reset the clock. That's how far, that's how bad it was. Freaking bananas! Unbelievable. They they got to do something about that. If the NFL reviews, and I'm sure they do every year, the rule book and rule changes and coaches get together and they vote on shit. I mean, how do they not, if that's not on the table of either being reviewed or challenged or some shit, I don't know what is because that this game should have clearly never went into fucking overtime. Yeah. That was because of that. Really bad. On that note, let's get on to the game we will be at together. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in the UK. The Packers and Giants both three and one. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And oh, the par- Giants three and one. And, and apparently the first time there's been a regular season game in London where both teams have come into the game with a winning record. Nice. Huh. Maybe a couple of people will show up for this game. It's going to be the best ever. I wonder how many Packer fans are going to be there. The Packers are right now eight-point favorites. The line has moved towards the Packers. I'm not sure why, because they don't seem to cover. And the over-under is 41.5. We'll talk about that later on. <laughs> I saw you put this in the nose, Peter, and I think it's, I think it's funny because they like the Giants have played – are playing in the UK for the third time, which means they suck, right? Historically, <laughs> like the NFL does not take good teams over there unless they absolutely have to. It's very, you know, and they have sucked. But they're three and one. Thoughts on the Giants? What do you worry about, Peter? Giants? The run, the run, the running game. So they've got the number one ranked offense, uh, running or rushing offense in the league. Saquon Barkley looks like Saquon Barkley. At least through the first four games, is leading the league in rushing, um, and that you know, given all we've talked about about the Packers' defense and their seeming struggles in stopping the run, it's a bad matchup for the for the for the Packers. Um, now we'll get on to the Giants' quarterback because that that situation helps the Packers, but but that's the worry for me is that Giants' running game, and, and they'll do exactly as you described, Dale. 
because they'll just keep handing Barclay the ball and he'll keep running and he'll keep running and he'll keep running until the Packers stop him. Thoughts on the Giants? I think we have to have our own run game established to keep Saquon Barkley off the field because that's really the only threat that they have on that side of the football. I mean, Daniel Jones is fucking horrible. And I think he's hobbled too. So I think I saw them play the play Dallas. He got sacked like eight fucking times in that game. It was it was crazy. He's horrible as a starting quarterback. But like Peter said, if I, I don't I don't see the the problems with our rushing defense, they're not gonna be fixed for this game. So we're gonna have to find other ways. Um in order to – I think it's going to be another one of these odd games that we've already had this year, <laughs> you know, these close kind of nail biters um, because I just don't feel as though the Packers are going to put it together in order to stop Saquon Barkley. They're just going to have to deal with it, and maybe the offense comes alive and gets a little bit more consistent and starts to put up some points. But um, I do see them winning this game. Um Obviously, because we're going to be there, so they better fucking win. I'll, I will run onto the goddamn field <laughs> with my stopwatch and whatever else I have to do. But, um, yeah, I think they're going to win this game. I, I don't know. Jeez, the over-under. I'm going to have to go with the under again and the Packers to cover. You know, you look at their offense, it's Darius Slayton, right? That's their best wide receiver, and he is not good. I think the only way that Daniel Jones scares you is as a runner. Like they could run the ball with Jones. He's 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 a terrible th- thrower of the football, but he's an athletic cat. So yeah, I think that they I think should. Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell shut him down. I don't think he's going to be scrambling much with those two guys. I hope not yeah. because I I see a lot of RPO type shit and him wa- trying to get around the edge because he's done it before. But yeah, yeah. Saquon Barkley. It's nice to see that he's back, not against the Packers, but it's nice to see that he's back as an individual after that injury that he had that, you know, oh, running yeah. backs don't always come back from leg injuries. Uh, so I'm happy to see him back. I hope the Packers can shut him down. I'll say the same thing. You need to get big and you need to stack the box. This is a team very much like we just played in New England, where if you put, put eight guys in the box. Even if Alexander doesn't play, you still have Stokes and Alexander Stokes and Douglas out on the outside. They should be able to take those guys one on one all day long. Yeah. Like I just don't get it. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I'm clearly not a coach, but geez, I don't understand it at all. What about on uh, when the Packers have the ball? What Giants players? Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he's their their rookie, their first round rookie. I don't know what he's done as far as that goes. Jalen Smith, former Packer, Jalen Smith, that we thought would really be good. In a oh, Packer yeah, is he over there? Yes. It's my guy, man. Yeah. He's played <laughs> actually pretty well, to his credit. He didn't get, like, juked out of his shorts like he did when he was in Green Bay. He's, he's played okay. His PFF grade is, like, in the 80s, which is pretty hmm. good right hmm. now. I don't know. What else? Peter, what else? Other thoughts about the Giants? Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, the big question mark, other big question mark for the Giants is who on earth plays quarterback? You know, Jones has got that sprained ankle. Tyra Taylor went out with a concussion. Um, 
Jones even had to come back in in the fourth quarter last, the last game they played, and they could hardly could hardly walk. Um, so I hear they're trying out a whole bunches of quarterbacks this week, AJ McCarron and various other guys. Um, <laughs> but I guess again, you know, it comes back to that. It comes back to that running game, and I, I think, I think this is. I think you're right. I think this is a similar type game to the one we've just seen. I think it's a game that. You'd like to think that the Packers would win by a going away type margin, but I but I think this is like a 23-14 type game. So I, I I think the Packers just about covered a spread and it's just about under the 41 and a half points. It's that kind of game, I think, for me. Okay. And Todd, you already said that you thought the Packers would win. Are they gonna will they cover? I can't remember what you said. I apologize. I said under and to cover. Yeah. Okay. The biggest factor for me in this game is will the stadium have enough beer for <laughs> for Packer fans? For Packer. I, I, I'm <laughs> being kind of serious. I don't know if they've seen this type of behavior about. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the over/under is on the pints of beer that's gonna that are gonna be sold right. on Sunday. Right? That's probably the more important. Uh, that's the more important over/under. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, it, my picks, which have been abysmal this year, I think the Packers will cover. They will win by more than eight, and I've been saying they're gonna go over. And then the last week I said they're gonna be under. So of course they went over. So I'm all over the place. I will say the Packers will win and it will be over the 41 or whatever it is right now for points. Hopefully there's no pick six going in the wrong direction. We did talk about that last week before the, the New England game. There had to be some kind of mess. Yep. And, and that was it, right? That pick it's, six was a big one. Things were starting to head down that road for sure. So... All right. Anything else? Nope. All right. Can't then. wait. Can't wait. By the time you listen to this, we will already be there. So thanks for listening to episode 97 of the Average Cheese Podcast, the Tim Aaron, Tim Harris episode. Go pack go. Go pack go. Go pack go. All right. Um, stop recording.